The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Jada Pinkett Smith, and this is the Red Table Talk podcast. All your favorite episodes from the Facebook Watch Show in audio. Produced by Westbrook Audio and iHeartRadio. Please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. I've been feeling very stressed. <laughs> very stressed. You've been feeling stressed? Well, yeah. Just thinking about this conversation today, being so concerned about choosing the right words, saying the right thing, right. but still being able to speak authentically. Authentically. I get it. This is a really tough subject. Here's the hard truth. There is real animosity between blacks and Asians, and that is rarely talked about. Brazen attacks against Asian Americans. The man walked up and started hitting her in the face. We want to warn you, the videos are graphic. The recent surge of hate crimes against Asian Americans. I've seen my grandma get yelled at. You're Asian, so you're a virus. Has illuminated a painful divide between the black and Asian American communities. You see my skin as dirty. Asian people just want to hang out with Asian people only. Anti-blackness is rooted in our culture. It's very subtle, but is very deeply rooted. Reports of blacks attacking Asians have fed the tension that goes back decades. In 1991, a black 15-year-old named Latasha Harlins was shot and killed by a Korean grocer during an argument over a bottle of orange juice. The store owner was convicted of voluntary manslaughter, but got no jail time. We want justice! When justice wasn't served, 
outrage exploded, fueling the L.A. riots. The recent increase in social injustices has called for a racial reckoning for Black and Asian Americans. My perspective is the fact that we're both minorities. I feel like obviously we come from very different cultures, but it's hard for me to believe that other things could get in the way of us having a common ground. I guess what I need to understand is where does their animosity for us come from? Because that's what it feels like. It feels like that they have come into our communities, taken over our stores, taken over the hair and nail industry, and really blocked us from being able to thrive in that industry mm-hmm. because we're coming into those stores. Right. You know, we're getting our hair and nails done. And what are they giving back to the community? Right. And when we come into those environments and patronize their businesses, we're not even treated with respect and kindness. Yeah. I've had some very volatile and um, passionate discussions with family members and friends. And most of my friends feel like, I don't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't have the bandwidth or the interest right. because they don't care about us. Right. And they don't treat us with respect. So I don't care about anything that they're talking about. Yeah. I'm worried about what's happening with my people, you know, because we, you know, we have our own struggle. Yeah. And that's the majority. That is the majority. You're right. So it, it's very difficult for there to be any any real concern. I don't even feel like they want our help. Right. Now, I may hear something different from the scholars. Right, right, But from the average person, do they care? Right. Are they interested in a a relationship with me? I just had an experience in the airport where I'm standing in line waiting for coffee, and I had a whole conversation going up. White man my age Mm -hmm. came behind me, stood in line. We started having a conversation. A young couple in front of me, white, had a conversation. I've never had an Asian person come up to me that I didn't know to start a conversation, Mm -hmm. to speak to me, to give me eye contact in any way. I feel like that's also a cultural thing Mm -hmm. as well, Gam. It is cultural, but when I go on vacation and I go to a foreign country, I make it my business to try to be conscious of the culture there Mm -hmm. so that I can act accordingly. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. So I think that we're owed some of that when you come to our country and you start businesses, mm-hmm. that's just even good business practice to treat your patrons with respect and, and care. <laughs> right. Like, that's just common sense. Right. Right? Yep. But we don't feel like we, we get that. And I also recognize that it's a very limited exposure that we have yeah. with the community. They're so separate. That's the only interaction that we really have. And the cultures are so drastically different. different. Yeah. That's what I've come to understand. But I hear you. I think there's a lot of misunderstandings culturally. Yeah. The biggest misconception is that Asian is just Asian. You know, yeah, it's like Vietnamese, mm-hmm. Chinese, Japanese, Korean, Korean, Filipino. Like you just throw them all in one. But they're all so different. So different. Yeah, just but various it, cultures, right? Yeah, but so, it's, it's difficult to distinguish one from the other sometimes, too. Not well, if you pay attention. Yeah, you got yeah, to <laughs> Not really. if you pay attention. 
For me, it's the feeling of or the lack of reciprocity. Right. And, and it's a feeling that, like, I'm not going to go out of my way to support and help someone if I don't even have the feeling that they even want my support. Well, here's the thing, and mm-hmm. I, I hear you, and I think one of the biggest misconceptions that we have in this fight as a whole is that it's about this reciprocity situation, mm-hmm. right? And I get that. I totally understand that. And of course, we want to feel as though there's some exchange. But at the end of the day, what we can allow is hate of any Any kind kind to survive, to exist. I hear this conversation endlessly. They didn't do that. So why should I have to do this? And they didn't do that. So I did this. And it's really hard because we do feel hurt. And we do. And And we we feel neglected. Exactly. And we feel overlooked. And we feel not seen. I get all of that. And that's what makes it so difficult Difficult. because I understand. But I also know there's nothing in the world that makes a woman 65 years old in New York City from the Philippines getting beat up by a man and nobody helps. helps. That right. makes crazy. no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Hate is hate. I agree. Okay. And I think, I think people feel terrible about that. Yeah. But I just don't feel like, you know, th- there's no real, um, there's nothing in us that makes us stand up and feel like we really want to come to... Well, here's the thing. Then why should we expect that from white people? Because yeah. that's how white people feel. White people feel like, that's not my problem. That's your problem. Okay, yeah, so we brought you guys over here. Okay, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You figure it out. That's on you. That's exactly how white people feel about our struggles. Yeah. You know, and so that's what I'm saying. It's, it's a cycle. Like, it's the same. It's the cycle. And I get it. I listen. It's like we're asking you to care because out we're of human we have <laughs> out of compassion for humanity. Exactly. I understand in the community what makes it so difficult that we are tired. We are tired of always having to put it aside, right, 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 right. take the high road, all that. So when we decided to bring this intense topic to the table, there were two people we wanted to have here. Both have devoted their careers to taking on tough subjects. Award-winning journalist Lisa Ling is fighting on the front lines to stop Asian hate. Lisa and her family have received numerous death threats since the increase of hate crimes on the AAPI community. One of the smartest people I know, Dr. Michael Eric Dyson, is a leading voice on black history and culture. This ordained preacher, professor, and author of seven New York Times bestsellers is known for breaking down difficult topics. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. This is a really tough subject. And And a tough time. Yeah. And so we just wanted to get some education just around the tensions between blacks and Asians. How did it get this way? Yeah. One of the first things any immigrant group learns when they come to America, who the bottom of the totem pole is. I don't care who you are. Black people, right? The darker people Mm -hmm. are at the bottom of the totem pole. When immigrants come over here and they do, they recognize this structure, yeah. right? right? Where whites are at the top right. and blacks are at the bottom. Yeah. So often when immigrants from Asia come to this country with nothing, they yeah. have this aspiration of being yeah. able to achieve yeah. some semblance yes. of the American dream. Yeah. And what does that look like? Yeah. It looks white, yeah. right? Yeah. But everyone is being dehumanized, yeah. right? Yeah. Because everyone is trying to rise up that ladder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're in Los Angeles. And we think about Latasha Harlan's, right? That yeah. was a touchstone, like, it see, was. that's what they do to us. The history of anti-blackness within Asian communities, that along with the Rodney King, mm-hmm. this was a signal moment. I don't know a single Asian person who isn't 
horrified still Absolutely. to this day Absolutely. about that case. Absolutely. Yeah. I truly don't. And that's the thing, to understand that the people it horrified are not just black, and the people it horrified are many Asian brothers and sisters who saw that, who felt that it was a horrible misrepresentation of who they are as mm -hmm. a people. And here's the thing. The so-called negative thing that any particular group does is seen as representative of that group. Black people have a right to feel hurt yes. and injured by the fact that everywhere in this world to be darker is to be dehumanized. And there's yes. no question about that, which means that we should be especially careful not to reproduce that same hurt to other groups. Yes. When that tension starts to, to, to brew, no one, our communities aren't the ones that are benefiting from it. Not at right. all. For black people to be demonizing Asian brothers and sisters with the Wuhan flu, the Chinese flu, who wins? White supremacists. So it pits us against each other. Right. And that exact idea of pitting minorities against each other is the most perfect uh, path towards domination. Oh, yeah. I mean, white supremacy is what? We're not talking about individual white brothers and sisters. We're talking about the conscious or unconscious belief in the inherent inferiority of some and the superiority of others. And I think that's the thing. I think there's a lot of people in our community specifically who don't recognize the white supremacy construct yeah. that and we're falling into, you know? That's the thing. Like how you just broke that down. Right. How right. you've been breaking it down. It's like. Yeah. I didn't really have the words, you know no, what I'm saying? No, 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 no. I mean, I just, I'm at the red table. I got to bring my A game. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's exactly it. But it's got power. But that's what's like, ruining and ruling us. And it also is stoking fear yes. amongst people yes. whose livelihood and lives and the way they've always known things feels threatened. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's right. the thing about this period right now. And white people are starting to recognize, wow, I, I really had no idea. What's interesting though, the ingenuity of white supremacy is it don't matter who's in control as long as the system is operating. Right. So you could have a black head of Department of Housing under the Trump administration, and you still gonna have white supremacist ideology being pumped through that black mouth and body. Mm -hmm. The ingenuity of white supremacy is it doesn't demand a white body to Ooh. be efficacious and Ooh, effective. That's a very important point. Lisa, have you personally felt the surge of animosity that is happening? I have been teased and been on the receiving end of aggressions my whole life, but over the last year, the level of vitriol and just the hatred mm -hmm. that is expressed has been really unnerving. I mean, even people wishing harm mm -hmm. on my own children because mm -hmm. we brought the coronavirus to this mm -hmm. country. So Whoa. absolutely, but it kills me that mm -hmm so many of our Asian elders and yeah. mothers and children are being attacked so senselessly for no reason. Mm -hmm. At this table, we always want to hear from you. So check this out. Recently, a Stop Asian Hate post on our Red Table Talk Instagram and Facebook page confirmed this deep divide. We received so many comments and responses like these that relayed frustration, anger, and pain. I'm supposed to care about stop Asian hate. I'm supposed to care about what's happening to Asian people. They're rude, they're disrespectful, and they're racist, if you ask me. Rushing us out their stores, following us around, watching us every move, like we're gonna rob the whole store. 
but they don't mind taking them black dollars. And they didn't mind opening up these businesses in our neighborhoods. They have never helped me and mine do anything. So why would I jump on some stop Asian hate bandwagon? There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. That was the majority, and it was so deep that there were lots of posts that Mm -hmm. had to be pulled. That's how offensive they were. How would you address that? You know, I think it's really easy to say things like, well, this black person did something to me in this nail salon, or this Mm -hmm. Asian person disrespected Mm -hmm. me. Those are individual experiences, and that can't categorize... The whole... Stereotype. That's not the totality. They are so diverse. I mean... There are over 20 different Asian cultures yep. living in this country with different languages, different traditions. And right. frankly, not only do I know very little about being Thai or Laotian or Cambodian or Vietnamese, I don't even know the first thing about being Chinese because yeah. I'm not from China. I'm from America. And this sister, bless her heart, I don't doubt her heart. I don't doubt the fact that this is her experience. I don't want to diss black people who have been mistreated. I'm not saying there are no rude Asian people in stores that have done exactly what this woman said. Mm -hmm. But here's the question. I would say this to black people. When we say this, and God bless this woman, right, white folk been saying that forever about us. Yep. You know, I don't mind, but these black people, they're just rude. They're loud. You, you, You can't get them to work on time. They never come prepared. They always got excuses on and on and on. Is that a large enough sample size for you to determine this is the fundamental characteristic of Asian brothers and sisters? Or if we're going to get real ugly about it, how many 
black people have stolen from them, mm -hmm. that their attitudes oh. have been misshapen mm -hmm. by the behavior of certain of black a, people. Of a few. And you're going to go, wait a minute, most black people ain't ripping you off. Most black right. people, right? So I would ask them, yeah. I understand your pain, but don't draw conclusions based on your limited sample size because white folk have been doing that forever. Just, that's and right. Jim Crow is based on that. Right. Yeah. White supremacy is based on that. You don't want all black people being judged by your knucklehead cousin. Right. How do you get beyond that when that is the only experience that you have? When your experience is so limited? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, because well, that's I, real, I, too. Our it experience is. interacting with yeah. the Asian community is but, so friggin' limited. Yeah. White folks are saying the same thing. We don't know no Negroes. They don't live next door to us. Right. All I see is what I see on a rap video. Mm -hmm. But I tell people, read a a book. Read a book. Yeah. Uh, go Google. Right. Uh, look at some darn YouTube. It ain't that hard. Hard to find, it, right. So you are ignorant, but you're responsible for your ignorance. Right. So when we say we don't have any experience with, you know, hey, the only Asian person I know is the person, you know, in the nail salon yeah, and like, well, then we don't want black people judge by what we think happens with the black person at McDonald's. Exactly. And white folk go, do you want them fries? We ain't got no fries. <laughs> If so-called Pookie and so-called yeah. Ray Ray <laughs> is the litmus test for right. how people judge. Now, my point is, stereotype is a lazy person's way of engaging the other. Right. So have a more complicated, nuanced perspective. We gently encourage her, ma'am, just like I do with white folk, when I challenge them with humor or acerbic, intense rhetoric aimed at their <laughs> colossal indignity, <laughs> that you've got to just say, Open up a little bit, open your heart. Do you want to be judged by the worst things you've done? Do you want to be judged by how black people have been said to treat white folk? Because I get letters every day and they're going, you up here talking about this. And I don't deny that these white people have had this experience, that they've seen black people do X, Y, and Z, right? They're saying, I saw this. This is in my store. I hired this many black people. Every black person I hired acted like this. So they got a sample too. It ain't right. scientific, right. but they got a poll too. So we're gonna put their bigoted poll against your bigoted poll. Let's do something different. Let's draw back and see that there's our different experiences, different peoples. And if we judge people based upon the worst of what they do or the worst of how they behave or on one day, have you judged them over space and time? Did you have a conversation with them? Did you talk to them about where they come from? Have you spoken, right? In other words, have you treated them the way you want to be treated? If you want an Asian person to speak to you, have you ever spoken to them? So my point is that when we get into the po politics of reciprocity and knowledge, it's not just about read a book. It's not just about no more. I, I, I recommend all that. But open up your perspective. Be a bit fair and don't do the same things. I think we need to have Michael Eric Dyson like pumped into everyone's yeah. home. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't sound satisfying to say that to that woman. Get a book and read your history. But it's also but a human that. problem too, Gam. Meet some more people. Yeah, and I know it's hard, but it's also like, maybe try to expand your heart a little bit and your mind just a little bit. How about that? You can't reduce the world to your perspective. Mm. And yet at the same time, your perspective is so critical of how you see the world. So it is to your advantage to continue to expand. Okay, but is not the onus on the Asian community to do the same when it comes to us? Oh, sure. Absolutely. And I would say the same thing to Asian people who have a myopic view of yeah. black people. Oh, absolutely. You know, have you taken the time? Yeah, you know? I'm when glad you, you said that. When you moved that. into this community, 
Did you read about the history? Did you get to know people? Did you invest? Did yeah. you hire people right. from the community and give them opportunities? Right. I do think it's incumbent upon all of us. I mean, if we don't start functioning that way, this yeah. is right. all headed down a very a really bad dark road. path. And you raise a great point because part of the investment of the model minority is that it has insulated Asian communities. It helps, but it also hurts because that honorary white status allows you to derive a certain kind of benefit from being quiet, from not speaking up, from not making noise. How open, Lisa, do you believe that the Asian community is to educating themselves around the history of, of the relationship between uh, black people and Asian people, but just black people in general, That's you know, just question. having well, I, well, understanding. The thing is, I, I do actually think that there's a generational divide yes. right. in the Asian community. Um, younger Asians, we're taught black history. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's why I think so many Asian Americans showed up to protest the systemic injustices that have been directed toward black people this right. summer. So that's why it hurts mm -hmm. when we hear Asian people have never stood up for us. Right. So many younger Asians are like, where is this animosity yeah. coming from? And there's a history and there's, there's a, history. a reason for it. Yeah. If our main goal is to really have some harmony, we have to stop like inserting ourselves right back in that cycle. Right. And I'm not making excuses for Asian people, but Often there are language barriers and there yeah. are cultural differences. And, and as a whole, Asians aren't the most communicative yeah. people around. My husband, he's Korean American and his parents didn't even tell him I love you until he was in his 40s. So that's what we're working with here. Right. So yeah. typically they're just not warm and cuddly and friendly. Right. It's not so much that it's not warm and cuddly, it's just not the most communicative country. Yeah. Okay. It's not affection, particularly affectionate. affectionate. But I don't think that Asians not approaching you to talk to you, it's not so much because they're discriminating against you. I mean, I do think there is a cultural piece to it where they're probably not even talking to each other that much, yeah. quite honestly. Yeah. When we talk about race in this country, it's through a certain lens, right? Mm -hmm. It's black and it's white. Yeah, right. right. Asians have been in this country since, it's a long since time. the yeah. 1500s, yes. right? Yeah. A long time. Yeah. Did you read about Asian history in mm. your textbooks in schools? I mean, no. I didn't even. When I hear this aversion and people saying, well, Asian people don't stand up for our community, Asian Americans don't even know their own history, you mm -hmm. know, because it's not taught in our schools. If you look at Asian American history in this country, we can't compare it to mm -hmm. what black people have gone through, right? right? right. Although some Chinese and some Filipinos yeah. were mm -hmm. actually mm -hmm. enslaved. Right. Mm -hmm. But the Chinese were the only demographic to ever be excluded from yes. being able to immigrate to this country right. for decades. Yep. Right. 120,000 Japanese rounded into camps for years. They lost their businesses, they yeah. lost their homes. I also learned that there were lynchings that happened of One Asian of the biggest lynchings, lynchings. in the, American history happened in Chinatown in the 1800s. Exactly, and I just learned about this. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow The Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Think about Asian brothers and sisters the way white folk think about us, and I think we'd be a bit more compassionate. Toni Morrison said, on the backs of black people, America has been built. Mm. And we know Asian labor, unrecognized, has provided the opportunity for America to be what it is. So here is the tragic irony, that we would come to a place now in 2021 where we're at each other's necks, when indeed what we should be doing is trying to look at the common enemy of white supremacy that is murking all of us. I've heard a lot of my Asian peers talking about aspiring to this level of whiteness and not wanting to have their original name. Mm -hmm. Like if their parents call them their original name and they have friends in the house, that makes them feel some type of way. Well, I mean, when you don't know your history and if whites are at the top, you can understand why you'd want to move in that direction. 100%. Being an honorary white. Exactly. Now, Michael, let me ask you a question. What do we say to black people in the community who feel threatened and feel as though that the presence of Asians in our community are stealing their livelihood. Why be mad at the Asian brothers and sisters who came here looking for an opportunity? Don't hate the player, hate Hate the the game. game. Why do Asian people have those nail shops? Where could they get them? In the black community. Be mad at white supremacists who deny black people access to the loans to be able to own the shops in their own community. And the game at this point is black people can't get loans. The reason Asian brothers and sisters are in those shops, because they they weren't able to get loans, loans, right? Right. And Asians historically haven't had the opportunities to open their businesses or even live in some cases in uh, predominantly white communities. So they end up in communities of color where they're predominantly uh, black people, and when they do open businesses, it's not so much that they you know, are trying to discriminate against black people. Right. This is where they have to open businesses. Mm-hmm. And often they don't take the time to understand the historical roots of where they have set up shop. I mean, right. all they really care about, frankly, is survival. Yeah. Right. So this is the thing, So, because I want to make this really clear. You right. are basically saying that it's the construct of white supremacy that yes. makes it possible that Asians can get those loans mm-hmm. before we can. 
Yes. Come teach for me, because you just broke it down. Right. You broke it down I just want to make sure that it's clear that... That's exactly right. right. The history of black cooperation with Asians and Asian cooperation with blacks is much deeper and more profound than the kind of bitterness and the fracas we see going on right now. Asian people, whether black people know it or not, have been involved in the struggle for African-American freedom from the get-go, from the time that they got here, right? But that history is obscure. Mm. And what is put forth is they're disrespectful. They don't like us. We saw black people side with the Philippines and the Philippine-American War. Mm -hmm. We saw black folk with the Vietnam War speak out. And so it is in the history if you read it. Right. I mean, heck, the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't be no Risen. Wouldn't be no Method Man. Come on. The greatest protest movements that we have put forth have always had the participation of Asian brothers and sisters. For every story of the tension, there are so many stories of solidarity. We don't hear those, though. I'm not saying they haven't done everything you said, but having said that, are you judging an entire race of people? Yes. Hmong, Vietnamese, Chinese, and Korean? Based upon your interaction with some Asian folks who treated you like crap. That kind of thing is what we've been fighting against. That's what Martin Luther King, Ella Baker, (sighs) and Joanne Robinson have been fighting against all of our lives. We got to do better. So Lisa, I want to bring in somebody you say is one of the smartest people out there. Korean-American writer and Amherst professor, Min Jin Lee. Hello. Hi, Minjin. Hi. You know, I'm so happy to be here and thank you for that generous introduction. I wanted to be here because I think the Red Table talk is actually a Korean show. I don't know if you knew that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. And here, let me tell you why. (laughs) It's a Korean show because it's three generations of women of color. And that is exactly how I grew up. And also, I'm such a huge fan of um, Michael Eric Dyson. So hello, (laughs) Professor. (laughs) And Lisa Ling knows how much I love her. (laughs) I want to really address the Latasha Harlan situation because that is a graphic image, but it is a very incomplete image. There's also Mm. an image of Yuri Kochiyama cradling the head of Malcolm X when he was assassinated. Mm -hmm. And that image has been on the Mm -hmm. forefront of my mind always. We can focus on that one thing in the same way we can focus on all those horrible videos, which the media has been perpetuating to create greater sense of divide. And for us to buy into the notion that them people came over here and brought that disease and black people attacking Asian people in the street. Now, here's here's the use of white supremacy. Mm. The disproportionate number of people who are attacking Asian people are not black, but it serves the narrative that see these criminalized black people who are out of control. And we have so many gaps in our knowledge because a white supremacist education Mm -hmm. prevents us from knowing about each other and ourselves. It's part of the veil of ignorance because most of us don't really know the history. Exactly. And they ain't sharing that history. That's not the part of the story they want us to know. We need to have solidarity. It's not just because we want to feel good, but because we have 12% African-Americans in this country who can vote. And then we have... Asian Americans are just 5%, but we're the fastest growing population of racial minorities in this country. If we have 17%, if we can get most of us to vote together, what can't we do? No, no doubt, no doubt. Min, you say that we've been ignoring a major factor in the Black-Asian divide. Can you explain? Yeah, I really want to talk about this because I come from a working class background. So one out of four Asian Americans in New York City live below the poverty line. Of all the racial minorities in New York City, the poorest people are actually Asian Americans. Wow. They're struggling 
90% of Asian American elders have language issues. And that's really important to notify because when we think about the people, let's say in those nail salons who could be rude, some of those people are actually almost like indentured servants. They owe so much money to the people who brought them into this country. And those women who were killed in Atlanta, two of those women live there. Like nobody wanted them. Yeah. So, I mean, I ask for compassion, but if you don't feel like giving compassion, that's okay. I get it. It's true. If you don't have it in you, if you're too exhausted, you Uh feel like you've been fighting this fight, I get it. But before you make such a bold assertion to refuse, just take the time to Mm -hmm. understand some of those data points that that Minjin just conveyed. And it's a pretty bold stance to take. I think so. Yeah. I guess at the end of the day, it really is about like having these conversations. Do you feel like you got enlightened in a certain way? Because I know I have. Oh, me too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just really, really started listening and thinking about my own limited experience. And then you hear yourself, don't you? And I hear myself. Because sometimes you hear you go like, oh, is is that me? (laughs) Like, did I really just say say that? that? But I do understand that we are, as a community, so traumatized right now. It's just hard for us to feel that compassion. These conversations are hard. Mm -hmm. They're painful, but they're so essential. As long as we continue to perpetuate these tensions and aggressions against one another, we will continue to spiral downward. And that's why we need each other. I mean, I need you and you need me. And this is a fight that we're all in together. This is life and death at this point. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. E pluribus unum, out of many, one. One. When we do that, we got a much better chance of doing it. I am getting teary. E pluribus. I'm amazed Mm -hmm. at myself. Well, yeah, because... It just seems like such a struggle. I know, but that's the part to work through. It's a lot of purification in this process, you know. It's going to be ugly. Yeah, it it has to get ugly before the healing can happen. Exactly. Because it's allowing these wounds to be exposed. Exactly. And even just like being able to look each other in the eyes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, it's it's very, it's very hard. Of, we have you know, so lifting. much work to do. It's a lot, and it's a lot of pain and having to look, you know, in the shadows of our hearts. Oh, it mm. really just it's purifying because at the end of the day, it's just getting close to the love. Yes, right. That's mm. all we're trying yeah, to do. Yeah, that's right. it. You I'm know. I'm all for that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm all for we the love. need that. This was a beautiful conversation. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you. Love Very. You. It's powerful Love what you. just happened. Yeah. Yes. It's really beautiful. I'm proud to be alive Sweet. for it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can come anytime. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Wow. Great wow. Man. You are so incredible. Ugh. Oh, so are you, my love. This no, you is, guys this were. Is. Yeah. Yeah. This now I think I know what my next tattoo is going to be. E pluribus unum. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was like sitting here like, hmm. Like, <laughs> that speaks to my I values. It does. <laughs> Join the Red Table Talk family and become a part of the conversation. Follow us at Facebook.com slash Red Table Talk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Table Talk podcast, produced by Facebook Watch, Westbrook Audio, and iHeartRadio. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.